Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello everyone, happy new year. I hope you all had an amazing holiday and were able to make the best of our current situation. Thank you for joining me tonight for the first episode of the Dating and Relationship Show of 2021 right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, founder of singleinthecity.ca. Joining me tonight is the lovely Joan Kelly Walker, TV personality and philanthropist. Hi, Joan. Hi. And I'm so excited to be kicking off our first show of the year with tonight's guest, Baljeet Kamba. Baljeet is a naturopathic doctor. She's a professor and researcher who recently, along with 40 other researchers, worked on an incredible project that researches the role of natural health products like honey in treating acute respiratory tract infections like coronavirus. Tonight, Belgie will be sharing her knowledge on supporting our immunity. I mean, who doesn't want to do that right now? And delving a little deeper into dealing with major illnesses. Belgie, she has her own story to share, her experience with breast cancer. And we'll be drawing from this to chat about how illnesses can affect you, plus your relationship on a physical and emotional level. Thank you so much for joining us, Belgie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And we're excited to have you. Now, first of all, let's chat a little bit about our immune systems and how they work. Now, of course, getting sick with anything right now is something that we all want to avoid. Obviously, COVID is, is always at the top of our minds. And no one wants to deal with, you know, coming down with a cold or a flu right now because you automatically think the worst. Can you tell us a little bit about the research that you've done on things like honey, I believe there was zinc and vitamin D, and how these can help when it comes to dealing with acute respiratory illnesses? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to say, first off, remember everybody, always, always consult with a healthcare practitioner who is familiar with your health. And that could be anyone from like a family doctor, a pharmacist, or a naturopathic doctor like me before you make any changes to your healthcare practice. So now I'll also say that although naturopathic doctors don't treat COVID, we are able to help support an individual's overall health and their recovery and the symptoms that you're experiencing when do when if you end up having COVID or anything like that. So I operate a telemedicine-based practice and I usually go through my patient's health history before I make sort of any of these detailed recommendations. So what I want to provide for you guys right now are some general, some general things that I had researched, and general recommendations or general ideas um, that we had come across um, in our research and how it could be used in, um, in helping um, improve someone's health. Now, whenever we're looking at supporting a person's immune system, one of the biggest things you want to do is you also want to be careful of your health status. So, for example, people who have autoimmune conditions, things like rheumatoid arthritis, the last thing we want to do is try to boost up or increase their immune system because that will make things worse. So, we're doing things to help to support a person's immune system. So, one of the so what we had done was we had done research looking at the research that was out there. So we started to gather all the research that was done on specific topics um, and see how it could relate to helping out in things like um, coronaviruses or having acute respiratory illness. So one of the things that we found out was that honey is one of the ones that is available, so widely available to everybody, but it actually shows some really good 
anti-infective type of properties, and it's really good and soothing for the respiratory tract. So the, we looked at the research that was done out there, and from the research that was done out there on honey, there were studies that showed that that uh, honey is able to work better than over-the-counter cough syrup when helping to reduce the severity of a cough. So something as simple as honey that we have, you know, just in our cupboards, a good mm. quality honey is able to help with cough severity. Is that just the Maduka honey? Because I've heard the Maduka honey, which is a very specific honey, is more like quote unquote medicinal. Um, and I have honeybees and, you know, I love the honey that we have and it's all natural from our own property and everything. Um, but the, the Maduka honey is, it's different. It's thicker. It's got kind of a more medicinal taste. So is there a difference? Should I be mm-hmm. seeking just the like any honey? So that's a really good question. So actually, so I love that you have, that you're helping to support the bees out there. I think that's really important to be doing, especially now when, you know, with all this sort of deforestation and things that are going on, we need to help our bees. When it comes to Manuka honey, so Manuka honey is really good because it's got that antibacterial property, but like you said, it's thicker, right? So those thicker ones are really good to be using on topically. So any infections or illnesses. Like when I was going through breast cancer, I was applying Manuka honey to my wounds. So it's actually something that's really good for wound care and burns. Whereas the stuff that you're growing, which is fabulous, is one of the ones that you want to be using because that's locally sourced honey coming from the, the flowers and plants that are local to our area, which are really good at helping us, like I said, for reducing cough severity. It's helpful in, you know that really annoying post-viral cough sometimes you get when you when your your cold is gone but you have a lingering cough it's actually really good for that and so mm. it, was, it was shown to be actually good when you mix it in coffee in one of the studies that was shown so can i ask what's the best way to take it like if you have a sore throat you just take a teaspoon right out of the jar and just swallow it is that the best way to coat your throat or like you said, put it in coffee or is it like even if you use it in cooking or baking, is it still helpful? So when you're using it in cooking and baking, some of those properties, because it's, it's really dilute in there, right? So you want to actually let the properties of honey actually hold. So if you're wanting to use it, you know, mixing it in, you know, one of the best things that we do for cold, sometimes we say, you know, mix a bit of honey and lemon or ginger or something like that together. So actually letting the properties of honey um, in its more concentrated form being used, that's what's really helpful rather than saying like, you know, having a, a bread with honey mixed into it. Um, so those are some of the ways that you can actually go around using honey. Now, how about zinc and vitamin D? What did the research show there? Yeah, so absolutely. So again, our research group, um, so the the group altogether had looked at some other things as well. And so Two of the ones that I pulled from the research that they had done, I was focused on honey, but I looked at the results from my colleagues um, who had done zinc and vitamin D. And you know what? One of the great things about zinc is that it's really helpful in repairing our cells. You know, when you have uh, a virus, viruses can damage cells. So this helps in the repair. And we've got zinc that comes from our food sources as well. So things like garlic and beans and spinach all have good amounts of zinc in them. Then there's our sunshine vitamin, or it's actually a hormone, and it's called vitamin D. And so vitamin D is actually really good because it actually helps to build up your immune system. So you can get, make sure if you're going to take vitamin D that you should get your vitamin D levels tested from your family doctor um, or your naturopathic doctor. And you want to, because generally, because it's something that's 
important in the winter months, and that's typically when we're seeing those colds and illnesses coming on. It's ideal to get your levels measured and then consult and see what doses would be best and what form might be best for you. But natural ways to get some of that sunshine vitamin other than getting outside um, would be things like mushrooms or even some of the fortified foods like milk tends to have. What kind of mushrooms? What kind of mushrooms? I've heard of mushrooms. I've heard of mushrooms before, but what kind of mushrooms? Just regular mushrooms? All your cremini, general mushrooms that you find outside, uh, that you find at the grocery store, your shiitakes, all those things. Are, mushrooms in general have a good amount of vitamin D in them. We're going to continue this conversation on how to support our immune system with best food tips, too, coming up. We'll be right back. back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, everybody, and Happy New Year. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bilotta, along with Joan Kelly Walker, and we are starting off the first show of the year with special guest, Balji Kamba. She's a naturopathic doctor talking to us about immunity boosters, something I think that we all need at this moment. Absolutely, Laura. I totally agree. And, you know, I've started eating plant-based myself as much as possible recently, like back in September, and I take a ton of supplements. So my question for Belgeet is, okay, do supplements really work? How do you know what's the right thing to take? And what about people that are being really conscious of what they're eating, like people that eat plant-based? Excellent. So those are some really good questions. So first of all, you know, Joan, I think it's really great that you've been focusing on having a more plant-based diet. Um, You know, there's a lot of really good evidence that's showing that having more of a plant-based diet can be beneficial to your overall health. Um, And so that kind of leads into some of the things that I do. So I focus on providing evidence-based naturopathic treatment. So any sort of recommendations I like to make, I usually try to back it up with some sort of scientific evidence. So when it comes to taking things like supplements and the supplements could be, our natural health supplements could be anything from vitamins to botanicals, you know, our herbs, um, all those things that are, are useful for a person. You want to make sure that you're using them for a specific purpose and ideally get them, you know, the best way to make sure that you're getting the benefit out of them is to make sure they're prescribed um, or recommended by someone who's trained to recommend those things, such as a naturopathic doctor like myself. Because that way, at least, you know that you're taking things safely. Because the thing is, is that when it comes from a safety profile, anything you're going to be adding to your body, you want to make sure that you're doing it in a safe way. And that could be, I mean, even for some people, um, for some people on, say, certain prescription medications for their heart, if they're taking uh, for the cardiovascular system, if they add something natural like grapefruit just to eat, that can affect their medication. So you always want to make sure that no matter... If you want to make sure that those supplements or vitamins or whatever it is you're taking is being is useful and beneficial, then you want to use it for that. For um, make sure it's prescribed by someone who kind of knows what they're doing around it. And then when it comes to a vegan diet, you know there's so many different diets out there. But I, you know, I am and vegan for some people works really well for them and their health goals. Being having more of a plant-based diet, I think, is really great for some people. And so, 
there's really a wide variety, and it depends on an individual's health. Because naturopathic doctors like myself, we like to look at the person as a whole being and say, hey, you know what, let's see what works specifically for you in your health goals and in your current health situation, because what might work for you might not work for somebody else. And so we have to make sure that we're doing that. So vegan or not vegan, it's, it's really totally dependent upon how a person's doing. So, you know, I have a little observation here because, you know, for years I've been going to a uh, a medical doctor who tries to do things as holistically as possible. So he was testing my blood every three months um, and, and then sort of recommending all the supplements based on that, which is, you know, it was a huge luxury. And I'm really happy that I've been doing that because it was an interesting baseline to compare now that I've been vegan um, to see if, if anything has changed. And really it hasn't. So I'm taking pretty much the same supplements I was taking before I switched my diet. So that's just an observation on my part. And other people I've heard say, you know, I I was doing all that. I was getting it prescribed properly. I was taking it all. And then I stopped taking it and I feel the same. Like, uh, what do you say about that? And I think that, you know, without knowing how they were prescribed, like, you know, what blood tests were done, what they were looking at, what person's specific health goals were, it's hard to say because you want to, you know, obviously, if you want to be taking something or any sort of, whether it's a supplement, whether it's breathing, because, you know, it's not just supplements that a naturopathic doctor does. It's acupuncture, lifestyle changes, diet, all those sort of different things. So, you know, I see supplements as being one of the tools of the many different things that are available. Um, and if it's not working, then, you know, maybe making sure that you're trying something else or re- going back and seeing what. Um, what could be going on from that overall picture. So it's hard to say based upon maybe what was going on in um, one particular person's situation without seeing the whole picture. Now, Joan, this is quite interesting that you shared uh, those facts with us. How long have you been Mm -hmm. vegan? Did you say several months? I started uh, Labor Day. And you know what, just truth be known, like years ago, I was vegetarian, and then I kind of just was eating, you know, quote, normally. But I just felt really compelled watching a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix. And my son and his girlfriend really jumped in with, with both feet, and they're they're being very strict about it. So it's easier for me, because I have them to do it alongside with. Um, but, you know, there's such great food out there that is vegan. So, you know, this time around I'm finding it easier to be vegan than it was to be vegetarian my question to you is how are your how's your energy level mine you work out all the time I do work out a lot I don't feel a difference I don't but you know what I'm pretty healthy and I focus on it and I don't smoke and um you know I I do I practice self-care which is what I recommend for everybody to do all the time um but yeah no I I feel good I feel great. I think if you're conscious, like if you're vegan, you can't just go around eating white bread all the time and, you know, pasta with, you know, fake cheese on it. You have to, like, I enjoy vegetables. I love eating, like, chickpeas, beans. Exactly. And that's just it. You know, I think we underestimate um, the power of the of protein that's found within um, lentils and pulses and seeds and vegetables too contain protein. You know, we don't realize that broccoli actually does have protein in it as well. And so when you're being, you know, just like Joan mentioned, being a great vegan and the fact that she, you know, the fact that uh, you didn't notice too much of a difference going, you know, you felt great before and you continue to feel great tells me that, you know, you're obviously doing the right things for your body and you're doing good things for yourself.
You know what I find difficult is to really figure out what's right for your body. I mean, by the time you figure it out, like, and I'm glad it's working for you, Joan, but I know that, you know, the type of diet that I'm supposed to be on, I'm not supposed to be eating legumes because it's, it's they're gassy and create a lot of gas and bloating and all that. So I'm not supposed to eat those. So for me, it would be even a little bit more difficult to, to you know, to follow a vegan diet because and I, I love beans, but I'm not supposed to eat them. So... Hmm. And also for dating, if you're single and you, you know, some, invite someone over for dinner, not that you would do that now during COVID, but, <laughs> and then you present them, you know, with like, this big burly guy with a, a vegan meal, like, how's he going to react to that? He's, you know, you might have a better choice if you made a mistake in potato. What steps can we be doing to strengthen our immune systems right now, Baljeet? So absolutely. So you want to do, there's a lot of things that we can do to help support our immune system in a variety of different ways to help us. And so remembering there's a few simple things that you can do even in your everyday life. So for example, um, adding a little bit of exercise into your daily life can make a huge difference. And that could be anything from yoga. um, It could be going for walks, even going, you know, doing a workout video that's at home. But this The key is to make sure that it's consistent and something that's sustainable and doable for you, right? And the other thing that you could also be adding to this is meditation and breathing. I think we, you know, I don't know if you guys can agree to this, but, you know, there's a lot of us, we're not breathing properly. We're breathing from like the top third of our lungs when really there's a whole set of lungs down there. And we need to provide breath to all of that. And that helps helping to strengthen our lungs to make sure there's good oxygen flowing through all parts of our body really can help support our health. And, and further, some of the stuff that we've been talking about is adding, you know, in addition to, you know, uh, following more of a plant-based diet, by doing stuff like that, you're adding more colorful, fresh fruits and vegetables into your diet. And there's a wide assortment of colors that come equipped with tons of vitamins and nutrients that are able, able to help us in creating these strong bodies that are capable of helping um, to fight off infections or anything that might be coming on out there. Um, so, for example, in this, you know, in the in currently in our winter months, it's nice to have like a hearty soup with colorful vegetables like sweet potato and kale. Those are things that are that are beneficial and have lots of good nutrients in them. And so the last one is bone broth. I love either making it at home or uh, getting it, or making it at home in my instant pot, or purchasing a, one of the fresh ones that you can get at the grocery store. It's packed full of lots of good nutrients and vitamins um, that can that can uh, be really beneficial beneficial in a person's overall health. Is there a okay, vegan what? version of bone broth? You can actually make a vegan version. <laughs> you know your regular just lots of vegetables, but then you can add fermenting agents like miso to it. Um, and that really helps to, to person's health. Belgi, what about supplements? Are there any supplements that you can suggest that to help uh, support our immune systems? You know, great question. So like some of the research that we had done, we found that there was, uh, we looked at the re- research that was out there and found things like honey, vitamin D, zinc, um, even things like echinacea are, Uh, are all beneficial, but making sure that if you're going to be taking any of those, that you first consult with your healthcare practitioner before introducing anything new, just to make sure that it's beneficial for you and safe for you. We need to take a break. We're going to hear from Belgene and how she was able to redefine who she is as a woman and regaining her confidence after cancer. We'll be back. 
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker. We're starting off the uh, first show of the year with special guest Belgie Kamba. She's a naturopathic doctor. Uh, she has shared with us her useful tips on boosting our immune systems, and um, she's also a breast cancer survivor. Now, there are a lot of people going through some health challenges right now that can really benefit from listening to her story and how she is redefining who she is as a woman and ultimately keeping her relationship strong. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Now, I want to move into something more personal and something that so many women can relate to. That's breast cancer. It's the most common cancer among Canadian women. On average, 75 Canadian women are diagnosed with it every single day. Uh, now, Belgie, you were thrown for a bit of a loop a couple of years back when you were diagnosed with it. I remember it clearly. Um, I remember looking at your social media and going, what? Now, um, and I'm sorry about that, that you had to go through all that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and recovery? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So thank you for that. So, you know, like the two of you and many other strong women out there, um, I've always been a person who really believes in finding and creating success through collaboration and determination. So I had a, you know, before all this, I had a really strong, like the two of you guys, I had a really strong work ethic and believe that collaboration really helps to achieve goals. When we help each other out, we succeed. So here I was at the point of my life when I was, things were finally coming together. I had the job as a professor that I'd always wanted. I was in living in sunny San Diego and, you know, I was newly married when this lump on the left side of my breast that had been benign and present always had started to grow somewhat quickly and it started to become really painful. And so, you know, I was kind of chalking it up to hormones, you know, my, maybe I was, you know, hormones were changing, but you know, it started to get pretty big and we were, we were somewhat worried about it. So we came back home to Toronto to get it checked out only to discover that I had not one, but three tumors in the left side of my breast. And I was diagnosed with an aggressive stage three triple negative breast cancer, meaning that hormones weren't slowing down or increasing its growth. Instead, it was just like growing aggressively, like as, you know, just as quick as could be. So that took us, that took a huge toll. And so what we did was we had two weeks to essentially decide what we were going to do about family planning because we were, we were before then to wanting to start a family when all this began. And I had to meet with my oncology team and figure out, you know, the, all the chemotherapy that I was about to go through. So I made cancer and wellness my job where I just really became super focused. I took all that strength of collaboration and, and you know, and, and goal orientation to making cancer and recovering from cancer everything that I needed to do. So I stopped working. I took a break from work and I focused on me and did you know, all sorts of diet changes, uh, lifestyle changes, all sorts of different things and work together with my oncology team, um, with places like Wellspring, um, which is a, which was a a wellness support center and as well as my own, um, team of, of, uh, colleagues of naturopathic doctors. And we all worked together. Um, and so that I ended up going through a double mastectomy and, and repeated surgeries, um, and found out at the end of it all that the cancer has gone, thankfully. 
Thank goodness for that. And I, some people, I know I was surprised to hear that you had breast cancer being a naturopathic doctor, but your case was one of many who uh, arises from, it's a hereditary thing. Yeah, so, you know, it shows, it just goes to show you that cancer, you know, it, it's it's not so selective. It's It's a lot more common, unfortunately, than we realize. And as a naturopathic doctor, fortunately, prevention and being proactive in my health were two big backbones to the care that and the lifestyle that I led and as well as the care that we provide. So no, you know, discovering that breast cancer was something that came up in my genes. It was a story that started from my, my dad's mother. It was her that she was a young woman when she died of breast cancer. And then two of her daughters ended up having um, similar cancers from that same gene. And they were all in India. Um, whereas, you know, I was the only one that was diagnosed and the only one who had it from, you know, that lineage, it came from my father. And so that gene was the BRCA1 gene. So there's BRCA1, BRCA1 and BRCA2 that had that genetic mutation um, and that ended up causing cancer. So remembering that just because a woman has that, those genes doesn't mean they're going to get cancer. Um, It's just one of the things that, you know, should you, have a mutation of those genes, then it's something that's probably going to be monitored. You know, it's something you're a previvor who's going to be monitored. Um, and you know, had I I didn't know about that ahead of time. I didn't know that I had that gene. Um, and I always say that I'm I'm fortunate that it was me. And I was saying, you know, with my family, I was like, you know, I'm glad at the end of the day, at the end of all of this, that it was me and not anybody else in my family, because I'm the one who's the healthcare provider. So I've, you know, I had a good, healthy life before, and then I think that played a good role in setting myself up for, you know, going through cancer treatments um, and succeeding and I, now. And I think, Belgi, probably your mindset had a lot to do with it. So what type of mindset is beneficial to, ha- to have when going through a life-altering illness like cancer? Yeah, you know, it's a huge thing is I, I knew that, and that, that's where I think my type A personality and, you know, that, that goal-oriented, super-focused, positive outlook in the end. And positivity doesn't always mean that things are sunshine and rainbows, but it means that, you know, I'm going to have up days, I'm going to have down days. And, you know, it's going to be tough, but at the end of it all of this, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move through this and become a cancer thriver. I'm not just going to survive this cancer. I am thriving after this cancer. So, you know what, I keep thinking about one of my girlfriends, Gloria, who passed away from breast cancer. And, you know, anybody that looks on the internet right now, if they're diagnosed with breast cancer, you can find all kinds of sources to support doing only alternative treatments. That's why I'm personally so impressed that you're a naturopathic doctor and you chose to use scientific methods in conjunction with naturopathy to support yourself as best you can. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of resources out there that combine the two. So what would your advice be to someone that's recently diagnosed and, you know, terrified as you would be, um, you know, cause my girlfriend, you know, I, I can't judge her, but I, I think that could have been the wrong choice. She probably lived a little longer than she may have without doing any treatment at all, but she lost her battle because she didn't do any uh, chemotherapy or radiation or anything or surgery. 
Uh, we need to answer this question when we come back. We're also going to hear from Baljeet again. We didn't get to it uh, in this segment uh, on how she regained her confidence. We're also going to talk about how one can lend support to their partner going through an illness. We'll be right back. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker tonight. And in studio, we are talking to Baljeet Kamba. She's a naturopathic doctor. She was talking to us earlier about boosting our immunity and uh, she's also a breast cancer survivor. And uh, now we're going to chat. Uh, we're going to chat about how she redefined herself as a woman, and ultimately kept her relationship strong. You know, some people, if they're recently diagnosed with breast cancer, you'd be absolutely terrified. And if you go online and you start doing your research, you will find a lot of sources recommending that you just do alternative treatments, like try and eat really clean and avoid sugar and those types of, you know, heat therapy and all that, which, you know, there's probably value in that. But for me, it makes sense to combine that with, you know, what we know in medicine as well. So, uh, Baljeet, you're a naturopathic doctor, so you had that wealth of information. What was it that made you also choose to do the radical, um, not radical, I mean, or responsible, maybe, like double mastectomy, and to combine the two methodologies together? And what would you recommend to someone if they're recently diagnosed? First of all, Joan, you know, I do want to I want to, you know, give my um, condolences on everything that you went through with your friends. I know that that's really difficult. But let's go back and look at this. So I have this strong backbone of evidence-based medicine. If I'm going to use any sort of treatment or therapy, then what I do is I look at the research that's out there, meaning scientific papers that are published out there that show things that are going to be helpful. And that's sort of the way that I practice naturopathic medicine. That's how I've sort of always had that mentality and that's the way that I've always been. So I need to show me the proof. And so because I knew for cancer care, for me, and I'm, a, I'm an integrative practitioner, meaning I like to combine, um, when I work with my patients, I combine their, you know, whatever conventional care they're receiving alongside naturopathic care. I think they both have a home that they can help each other out with. Um, but you know, and there's, and there's certain things that they can each do for each other and support each other. So there's some things that just conventional medicine can do and some things that just, you know, maybe just naturopathic medicine can do. But in this case, I knew that cancer was something that I wanted to combine both. I wanted to combine chemotherapy and, you know, when I was going through chemotherapy, there's, you know, certain supplements that I could take and couldn't take. And, you know, I had a really great oncology team at Trillium Health Partners that worked with me. Um, and we would go through some of the things that I was taking and they trusted me in that. And then also having surgery and everything else that went on beyond that, I chose those things because I wanted to follow that integrative path. Now, there's a lot of, I, you know, just like you said, there's a lot of scary stuff that's on the Internet. When I read, like, even when I was looking up, you know, if you have breast cancer, all these things would come up and it frightened me. And I was like, that's a lot of stuff out there is not, it's unfortunately, you know, we want to have things that are based in 
um, in, in some evidence. So what mm-hmm. I recommend for people who are interested in wanting to, who have been newly diagnosed and want to follow, have some recommendations from a naturopathic doctor is to fall is to there's um, there are naturopathic doctors that are under what's called SABNO, S-A-B-N-O. It's another designation that they can add on. And by having that additional designation, they've done additional training um, in oncology, in, in cancer care, and can help to be a safe um, and can work with your oncology team to work in a safe way should you be interested in adding or including um, natural means into your cancer care. How were you able to redefine who you are as a woman after all the changes that your body went through? How did you start to regain your confidence? Yeah, so look at this. I had, like, my breasts were gone. I had surgeries. I was thrown into menopause. I had, you know, parts of my reproductive system were missing. I was a completely different body now. You know, my metabolism is different now. My hair texture is even different. So everything about my body is different. Even my voice sounded different than what it was before. So all these different changes happened within me and I had to mourn that person who I used to be. Sometimes I'd look at pictures and I just burst out in tears thinking, who is that person? Because that person's not this one who's here now in front of me. And although I've been through cancer and I'm happy to survive and be here, I was, you know, I had no sensations in in my breasts anymore, whatever these reconstructed breasts that I have. I, you know, have all these differences in my body and I was like, you know, these areas that once defined me as a woman and my sensuality and sexuality are now gone. So what do I do now? And so I had to go in and I needed to look and find the beauty again of who I am. And it really took some deep soul searching. So one thing that I had done was um, I had blogged my entire journey and the blogs are available on my website. Um, And so that blogging I did to help me and as well as to help other people who might be going through something difficult. I also did a photo session of myself with one of uh, another naturopathic doctor, Dr. Nataya, who's also a photographer who likes to show the empowerment of women through photography and healing. So I looked at these pictures of me with, at that time, I didn't have a breast on my left side and I had scars all over me. And I saw the strength in that. And I I have to say, I, I, Looking for beauty really helped to define me again. So, Belgeet, how do you think someone can best support their partner if they're going through this? I'll say this. Authenticity, creativity, and beauty have to be something that's really important. Being authentic with yourself. Some days, you know, you feel great, and other days are, are challenges, and that's okay. And be creative in discovering the new central areas of your body. If breasts are no longer an erogenous zone, maybe you go for other areas like your stomach. And firmly believe that the journey you've gone through and are continuing to go through is beautiful. Find the beauty in everyday things. Maybe it, and it might be different than before, but it's just as relevant. Well, thank you so much, Belgeet, for joining us and telling us your story tonight. Very courageous of you. Where can people learn more about you? So I've got uh, a website at www.foodandmood.co. You can sign up there or follow me on social media. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Sitting in with me today is Joan Kelly Walker. And Gina Livy, celebrity weight loss expert. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who's helped thousands of people lose weight. Yes. Uh, I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. (laughs) Very happy about that. You do look good. Thanks. (laughs) 
Okay, let's talk about uh, your gut health. Yes. Because I need help with this. Yeah, so important. Can you explain the importance of gut health and how people can improve their gut health? So, okay, before we go there, does everybody necessarily have bad gut health? Are there not people walking around with good gut health? I think so. And how do you know that? Because you don't, your belly doesn't hurt. Well, you're, yeah, I mean, you're, it's all about processing and digestion. Most people do. You go to the bathroom regularly. Yeah, but yeah. there's also like, for example, dairy, okay? Some people do well on dairy, some people don't. But we I do know, not. But we know as a species, it's not something that our bodies are specifically di- designed to process and digest. So it just either affects you more or affects you less. Same thing with gluten. Gluten is the protein that's in bread, like wheat and those kinds of foods. So some people can digest it okay, and some people can't. But at the end of the day, our bodies aren't designed to process and digest that. So it causes inflammation. You cause You add inflammation with high stress, and your body is just systematically breaking down and that's the problem so most people know like i mean someone would have to really work at being really healthy to not have when i'm completely stressed out i get it up in my shoulders Mm -hmm. and i get it in my stomach Mm -hmm. like i can feel it right away do you get that Mm -hmm. joan i get it in my throat funny enough and listen to my voice and i think i've just been burning the candle at both ends like i feel fine it's just goes right to my throat. Emotions manifest physically. That's what happens. You know, everything you you internalize things and it just manifests into physical issues. Okay, so if you're not paying attention. Let's and answer Joan's question. So how do we know if we have a bad gut? Oh, your bowel movements, that's a good place to start. Food goes in, needs to go out. You should be pooping two to three times a day. If you're not or you go days without, chances are you have some major digestive issues. If you eat raw vegetables or raw nuts and seeds and you instantly get bloated, if you're always walking around with a full food belly after you eat, like you should walk away from eating not feeling physically like you ate. So if you're experiencing those, chances are you have some major digestive so issues. So is it the same foods that bloat everybody or is that like an individual thing? <laughs> Mainly dairy, mainly gluten, but but raw vegetables. And the reason why I brought that up is they're very hard to digest. Raw nuts and seeds also very hard to digest, which is why they're These included. These are my go-to foods. And you, so you want probably to eat shouldn't them. eat them on an empty stomach. No, That's what I've been told well, for you, myself. You don't want to eat nuts first thing in the morning or raw veggies first thing in the morning. You want to wait till your digestive system is stimulated and your body's working at full tilt before you do add them in. The reason why I add them in as a, a first afternoon snack and second is because they are hard to digest. But raw veggies are also high in digestion digestive enzymes. So when you eat raw raw foods, it adds good digestive enzymes to your digestive system. So if you're not eating a lot of raw foods, raw vegetables, raw nuts and seeds, raw, you're not adding in digestive enzymes. So, so you're is very this low how we improve? Enzymes. So what are some other ways that we can improve our gut health then? Well, first of all, cooking your vegetables so that it is easier to digest. Um, maybe soaking your nuts as a sort of first step to add. You want to eat them. You don't want to avoid them. It's like those vegetables like broccoli and stuff. Well, don't eat them if they bother your stomach. My grandmother, that's not the answer. My, my grandma used to soak her nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I, she did. She would put her walnuts in water and mm-hmm. she would put her almonds in water. I, yeah. didn't, I had no idea why. So good for you. And yeah. she had a bad gut. Yeah. She never said this because I have a bad belly. But now that yeah. you're saying this. A lot of people have weight why. issues because of di- especially if you had a, a weight issue when you're younger. And especially if you're our age, we didn't have a lot of the processed foods available to us. So We you, had Joe Louis. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah, but they were few and far between, right? <laughs> um, and so, so what can happen is when you're younger is that, again, you can be eating foods that don't work well with your digestive system. When you're young, you're not really aware of that. And that can cause a systematic breakdown. And then, like I said, you're 
eating foods, but your body thinks you're starving because you're not getting nutrients. So it immediately gets into a, it starts to store fat to be used as energy. So if I eat something, my body takes what it needs and gets rid of it. It doesn't matter if it's got 5,000 calories in it. My body takes what it needs, gets rid of the rest. But if your body is wired in a way that it feels the need to store fat, you eat something, your body takes what it needs and stores the rest as fat to be used later. So if you're constantly in starvation mode, your body is constantly taking everything you eat and storing it as fat. So you have to you have to help your body get nutrients from your foods. What are the key elements that we want to look for in a diet? Oh, be realistic. Like, honest to God, how many quick fixes have you done? Like, really, I'm asking. In my entire in life? In your entire life. Like, oh. how many quick fix? They just don't they work. They don't work. Yeah. I wake up in the morning starving to death, and, and I gorge sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you should help your body get rid of fat, and that's the end of it. And I'll have to worry about it again. Quick fixes, like, you spend 20 years of your life doing quick fixes, trying to lose the same weight over and over again. It's madness. So be realistic about the program that you're choosing. It should be a nice, balanced diet. It shouldn't be anything too crazy. It should give your body what it needs. It should have a, a balanced time line like if you want to lose 20 pounds wrap your head around putting in three months at least three months at least you want to lose 60 pounds wrap your head around six months at least now can you do it in a month sure I have had people who've lost 60 pounds but they've hit the ground running they're on like day in day out they're on it doing everything they can and they have that weight to lose but if you're trying to lose 20 pounds in a month like you're not going to do that no. It, you, you just have to be realistic about it. All right. And so what types of foods do you recommend for those trying to lose the weight? Whole foods. Foods that are in their whole form. So fruits, vegetables. Like you can use carbs like potatoes and quinoa and rice. Brown rice. Uh, the darker rice, the better. Black rice is really great. Super high in fiber, super high in protein. Then you want to go red rice, brown rice, or white basmati rice. Yeah. Just good natural foods. Like even people always talk about bread. Well, the issue is bread is the process of making the bread. So when you take it from its whole kernel or form and you process it into a flour, that flour breaks down super quick in your body. So whole foods, just good, simple whole foods. It's a new year. And if if your New Year's resolution is to meet someone special, then you have to get off your butt. You're not going to meet them sitting around Mm -hmm. on your couch. So you can check out my affordable matchmaking service or check out any of my singles events. So just go Go to singleinthecity.ca. Thank you, everybody, and all our loyal fans for tuning in each and every week. Joan and I thank you. Too. Ciao for now. Ciao.